Welcome to Moonbeaming, a podcast about magic, creativity, the tarot, lunar living, and more. I'm your host, Sarah Faith Godestiner, and I'm so happy you're here. Welcome back to the podcast, Moonbeaming. This is where we talk tarot, life, purpose, love, magic, and include at least one pretty corny joke and episode. Promise. I am your host, Sarah Faith Godestiner. I'm an artist. I'm a psychic business owner, dog lover, and author of the moon book, Lunar Magic to Change Your Life. I am so overjoyed to be here with you today. Before we get into this pretty exciting and informative episode, I do have a few things to share. The first is I want to announce the winner of the free reading for the month. Every month, if you leave a five-star review for the podcast and write why you like the podcast, we put you in a giveaway. You are eligible to win a 30-minute tarot reading with myself. So it's pretty exciting. And we draw from anyone who's ever left a rating. So it doesn't matter if you left one a year ago. Well, the podcast wasn't a podcast a year ago. It doesn't matter if you left one six months ago or two months ago or five weeks ago. We do it really randomly. So you can still enter by leaving a five-star review. I know you're listening. I know you are. I know some of you haven't left a review. So I wanted to share this month's winner. And the winner is username, you, you're ugly, which I think you're probably not, but I guess that's your username. And the review says, literally changed my life. Moonbeaming has enlightened me in a way no other podcast has. Listening to Sarah Faith provide her input and interpretations of magic, lunar living, tarot, and so many other topics has opened up a world for me that I was always too nervous to step into. As a baby witch, I've learned so much from this podcast and am grateful for the spiritual discovery it led me through. Thank you. That is the sweetest review. Please come on down. Please email the podcast at moonbeamingpodcast at gmail, and we can schedule a reading for you. There are a couple of other exciting announcements. The first is that my upcoming Embodying Abundance class is open for enrollment officially. This class is four weeks in September. It's transformational. It's a class about being in the body, becoming embodied, feeling safer in the body, in the nervous system, becoming more resourced in all aspects of the word, healing scarcity, and stepping into more abundance. I offer tools, uh, techniques, food for thought, and freedom for you to define what you're ready to practice and integrate with all things abundance. So the first week we do abundance. It's all about abundance. The second week is money magic. The third week is healing scarcity, 
and the fourth is integration. And the topic you choose to delve into can be anything. For folks who took the class in June, they've done anything from creativity, time, energy, being seen, art, money, relationships, intimacy, really any topic you really want to dive into to become more embodied around. There are live classes, lectures. We also have additional Saturday gatherings where we do experiential work like somatic experiencing, hypnosis, breath work. There's going to be a private online community. There are so many other resources each week I give y'all like basically by the end of the course, you have like a book uh, on abundance filled with practical suggestions and uh, metaphysical, metaphoric, uh, magic, all of the things. Uh, And there's really nothing like it. You know, here I go again. I'm making things I need. I'm creating things I don't see. I'm putting dots together. Like I'm connecting different dots that I don't always see connected because I really think that we need to define abundance for ourselves. And yeah, it can include money for sure. But in actuality, it includes so much more, you know, our bodies, our beliefs, our values, our community, our behaviors, our actions, our interdependence all have to be a part of it, you know, and also, of course, we acknowledge the system we're in, right? We always do that in my classes. And I always take the classes alongside everyone. And I can tell you, through this past month, we had it in June, my relationship with my body actually changed. I feel much more present in my body. I have um, relinquished some pain, which is amazing. I feel incredibly more kind and in sync to my body. And I wasn't even expecting that. Um, That was just my experience. So if you want more info, check out the link. It's also on our website. And also I always say like every time I do an episode of the podcast, if you join the newsletter, that's where you're going to find out between the podcast and the newsletter. That's where you're going to find out what I'm teaching, what I'm sharing. So sign up for the newsletter because this month I'll also be sharing more about the class and what I've learned about abundance. Okay. Yeah. Trying to keep it short and sweet, trying to keep the announcements short and sweet. The third announcement is that in September, I am teaching my last shorter live workshop. It is a one day, like two-ish hours workshop of the year. That's in September. And it's going to be about tarot constellations and tarot cards, which shockingly, this podcast episode is about, I know, wild, crazy, wild, wild. We're going to focus on the tarot constellation of the Hierophant and Temperance and the Fives. So if you want to go deeper with your practice, I recommend you sign up. This is going to be on September 26th. And yes, I know it feels like a million years away, but one, it'll be here soon. Two, I know some of y'all are planners and I know some of y'all don't listen to the episodes for maybe weeks or for a while, you know, later. I have gotten feedback that people didn't have time to hear about workshops the studio is giving. So here you go. Almost two months in advance, babies. Don't say I didn't warn you. 
Do not say, I never did anything for ya. As always, last time I'll say this in this episode, if you sign up for the newsletter, you'll always be the first to know what's going on. Events, the first people that know are our lovely Patreon supporters. They make this podcast possible. Those of you financially supporting the podcast allows me to pay our wonderful editor, Caitlin, pay our incredible production assistants, Stella, and make it financially possible for me to create these episodes for you. Because fun fact, they take time. They take time to concept, time to prepare, time to record. I'm doing this all on my own. There's no dude in the room, press and play. Like, it's just me. If you could see me, <laughs> I have this like funny foam um, like a funny foam mini wall thing I wrap around me that my lovely friend Gina gave me. And I'm just like here in my computer. I had to turn the AC off. It's hot as F because it's August in Los Angeles and I'm doing it on my own. So if you support the show financially, please know you're helping the podcast stay a podcast. You're helping it stay a free resource for the thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of people listening each week. Thank you. As of this recording, we have over 200,000 downloads and so, so many more streams. So there's many folks listening and I thank you very much for listening. I thank you very much for being here. I, my little heart, my little, my little cold heart is getting warm. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for posting about Moonbeaming, for leaving reviews and for sharing with your friends. Okay. Now on to the episode. I am so excited about today's episode because it is one of my favorite things to do. And that would be nerding out over tarot. Is that one of your favorite things to do too? Well, I hope so. Because here we're going to get extra nerdy band-aid on the glasses, nerd, nerdsville. Okay. The, what we're doing, sorry, I'm cracking myself up. Okay. What's happening today is we're having a special topics tarot episode, which is tarot constellations and teacher cards. I get this request a lot. People want to know what teacher cards are. I bring it up quite a bit or enough for people to ask. It's been a useful topic for me to explore. So I knew I wanted to have an episode about it. Today, I'm going to go over what they are, why we want to use them or why they are useful. I will give you some examples that are applicable for your own life and growth. I will chat a little bit about our card of the year's constellation because we've been heavy on the hero font this year, if you know what I mean. We've got dogma, we've got hierarchies, stale beliefs, systems. Don't get me wrong. There are so many amazing things happening too. You know, I'm loving the death of hierarchies. I'm loving everyone wanting to connect to spirituality on their own terms and heal and find community and figure out their place in the system or leave the system or create their own systems and care for the earth. I love all of that. And that's all Hierophant. And also, we could use some temperance. Am I right? Or am I right, my friends? Okay, so let's begin. Teacher cards, what are they? Teacher cards are a concept that was first introduced to me 
a very long time ago when I was first learning tarot, maybe like 20 years ago. And it was introduced to me through the work of the legendary tarot teachers, writers, readers, Angie Arian, author of The Tarot Handbook, and Mary Kay Greer, author of a book about them called Tarot Constellations. I will put both links in the show notes because I think they're both really great books. And Uh, So teacher cards are in a concept that both of these teachers call tarot constellations. So we'll start there, okay? A tarot constellation is based on the numbers in the cards. It's based on numerology. It's based on a numerological pattern. Angelus Arian started with positing in her work that similar numbers all form a pattern or a constellation, as it were. So for the Hierophant, which is number five, we get Temperance, which is card number 14. One plus four equals five. See how they're related? We also have the Minor Arcana cards included, which are the fives. All of the fives in the minor arcana. So that's the constellation. We've got a constellation of six cards that illustrate an overarching theme, pattern, spiritual learning, or wisdom, and show us how to attain that, how to find the wholeness of that pattern, of that constellation. So for the Hierophant constellation, there's a lot of themes presented within it. We've got containers, we've got access and connection to the divine. We have healing and healing humanity. We've got embodiment, alchemy, attaining personal and collective wisdom. These are just some of them. In the case of the Hierophant constellation, we're talking about gaining wisdom and wholeness around these themes and more. So we'll see often the whole spectrum of the themes across that constellation. So it's so beautiful because it gives us all these different windows into these larger themes. Because what is a constellation? It's a grouping of things that form a pattern that become a symbol that illustrate a profound teaching or profound key because that is also what we call tarot cards, keys, yeah? Another example off the top of my head, the six constellation, right? We have five and then we're gonna go to six. We've got the lover's the devil, and the minor arcana sixes. And we can see when we like pull all of those out, if you take those out of your deck and put them together, we see we've got themes of relationship, choice, compromise, pleasure, and becoming greater than the sum of one's parts, among other themes. But those are some of the themes in that constellation, which is different. It's a different 
tone than the constellation of the five. So it's really fun to dive deep in them and to play with them. So now, what is a teacher card? The teacher card in the constellation is the card with the greater number. So for the Hierophant constellation, it's temperance. And every major arcana card, not every major arcana card, I'll back up. I'll go more into this in the workshop. I'll clarify this more in the workshop. But there are these tarot constellations that include all the cards and only some of the cards have teacher cards. And so the Hierophants is temperance. Temperance is what helps and supports the shadow qualities of the Hierophant to heal and to grow and to change. Now, why are teacher cards important? Why is this even important? Why am I talking about this concept? These illustrate relationships within the archetypes, which I think are so important. It is the concept similar to the concept within some forms of astrology that in the astrological wheel, the polarities help each other grow. We can grow through contrast and through polarity. For example, we have Scorpio and Taurus are the polarities on the astrological wheel. Scorpio is so much about the internal and depth and transformation, right? And death, I should throw that in there too. And Taurus is can be about stability and harmonizing that and life and the external world. They have similarities, both of them, and they also can grow and learn and integrate through leaning into the other. That's also why I'm like, I mean, there's so many reasons why I love the moon, but I love that little tie-in, that astrological tie-in where when we are in an astrological season, like right now we are in Leo season in uh, tropical astrology, the full moon of the season is almost always like 98% in the opposite astrological sign. So the full moon in Leo season is almost always going to be in Aquarius. And I love that. I love that contrast. I love experiencing that energy. It's really cool. And the tarot has it as well. You know, with the Hierophant and Temperance, Temperance, again, about many, many things, but some of the main things that Temperance is about is about alchemy and art. And the Hierophant can be about structures, learning, education, the rigidity that can show up in the shadow of the Hierophant can be alchemized in temperance. Temperance, I'm not going to call temperance messy, but temperance brings in a lot of different elements. The Hierophant's shadow, one of the shadows, can be this sort of like, there's only this one way to do this thing. This is the way I figured out it worked for me. And now I'm going to just tell everyone this is the only way, right? 
Again, we're talking shadow and that's not always a bad thing either, right? Let's just like let all the preconceptions go. I'm just discussing this particular kind of relationship. And so temperance is like, wait a minute, what about combining this? What about bringing this in? What about floating or flying outside of the system? Why does there even have to be a way, right? If if the Hierophant is like, this is the way, temperance can sometimes be like, what way? Why do we even need a way? I love that. Another shadow of Hierophant is giving your power away to authority, giving your power away to beliefs, to the system, to a teacher. This gets tempered by accessing source directly. Temperance is literally an angel, an angel. Some people say it's Iris. There's many interpretations of the temperance angel, but temperance is an angel, a messenger of the goddess, a messenger of God, a messenger of source, you know, and by creating your own access points to source, uh, creating your own ways of knowing and doing because we also know that temperance being a card about art is a card about creation, personal creation, and integrating different systems, not just one. Which again, as I've said, the Hierophant on a bad day can pressure us towards just doing this one way. The Hierophant ultimately wants us to gain our own wisdom, create our own wisdom. And temperance sometimes can be the source of that, the experience of that, the practice of that, the praxis of that. How did the Hierophant get to be the Hierophant? Through many brushes with God, through many brushes with sometimes unknowable wisdom. And temperance encapsulates that wisdom or that unknowingness or that impossible feelingness that happens when we brush really intimately up against source or spirit. And because the teacher is also always the student, temperance learns from Hierophant's discipline and structure and groundedness and practicalness. You know, like there's that saying, like those who can't teach or something. I, I disagree with that. I feel like the Hierophant has gone through things and is teaching what they've learned. And the Hierophant is very much the container, the container of the wisdom, which temperance needs, needs to touch base with, needs to tune into, needs to, in order to see outside themselves. We can see the Hierophant as even the two cups that the angel of temperance is holding, as well as the earth element all around the angel, because the Hierophant is literally the material world. Uh, We know that in the golden dawn philosophy that the astrological correspondence of Hierophon is Taurus. So there's that materiality really present. Last, but certainly not least, we see the echo of as above, so below with Hierophon and temperance. Temperance is the above, again, literally a messenger from the heavens, literally an angel, a message from above or within. And Hierophant is the below, is the base of the messages, 
the way these messages become beliefs, which become systems, and then these play out in the earthly realm. And now I'll stop talking about my interpretations and I'll encourage you to find your own correlations between these archetypes. What do you think? How do you think they relate to one another? How are they similar? How are they different? Now I wanted to talk about tarot constellations and you. Yeah, you, cutie, babe, genius, (laughs) you. One way to work with tarot constellations and teacher cards that can really inform and help your personal life, your growth, your self-development, your spiritual development is figuring out what your soul card is and what the teacher card of this is as well. So I'm going to put a blog post up about like your soul card and how to figure all of that out. But really simply, how to figure out your soul card or your life path number, that's what other people call it, is you add up all the numbers of your birthday. So for example, if your birthday is January 1st, 2020, you add up one plus one plus two plus two. You add them all up together, that's seven. So you're seven. And that means your soul card is the chariot. So uh, again, there's a couple of different ways to do all of this. No, there's not. There's just, there's never mind. I'm winging it, babes. There's only one way to figure out your life path number. Uh, I'm getting ahead of myself. There's numerous ways to figure out your, your card of the year. And I'll get into that in a minute. But so I'll use myself as an example, the seven. My life path number is seven. My soul card is the chariot. That's my soul card because I'm a seven. And personally, I really resonate with the chariot for way too many reasons to get into here. But like here are just some simple ones to get you thinking about how you might encapsulate or embody or relate to your tarot soul card. So I'm a Cancer Sun in Tropical Astro. In Sidereal, I am a Gemini Sun. Um, The Golden Dawn astrological correspondence to this card is Cancer. So that's my son. I have been in multiple incredibly serious car accidents, like that almost killed me, near-death experiences. The chariot correlates to vehicles and to travel. On that note, travel has always been really important to me. I've moved around a lot. I kind of need to travel. It's sort of a need in a weird way. Maybe some of you listening can relate. On a deeper level, this core message of chariot is to always go beyond. Chariot is always the going beyond the limits, going beyond what they see right in front of them. You know, this is a card of rapid shedding. It's a card of achieving some kind of success, spiritual, emotional, material, and then leaving it to try something different. You know, ultimately, one of this cards, this archetype's lessons is about mastery through change, 
right? And I very much relate to that. And that is how the chariot grows. They feel best when they're in movement. They feel best when they're integrating, integrating messages of the cosmos with practical uses, integrating shadow and consciousness, integrating fear and love, integrating their life's lessons, integrating disparate topics. That's a really big chariot one. Like chariot will take poetry and gardening, you know, and they'll combine them in an interesting way. You know, uh, I, I could be here all day as you probably all know, this is not a, um, this is not a deep dive into how I relate to the chariot, but just to give you some ideas. Also, of course, if you can relate to everything I'm talking about and your soul card, isn't the chariot, that's great too. We all have all the archetypes in us. We've all experienced all of the archetypes. And maybe you're in a chariot phase right now. Maybe you're ready to learn some chariot lessons, baby, and keep it moving while having amazing boundaries. Yes, right? Now, let's just spend a little bit of time with the teacher card of the chariot. So this means my teacher card is the tower because the tower is number 16 in the major arcana. And when you add up one plus six, that's seven for the chariot. Now, I'm pretty intimate with the tower. I'm pretty intimate with tower-like processes. For so much of my life, I've created something and built something and then left it because the foundation wasn't right for who I was next ready to become. I've had to build things up and let go of them over and over and over. I've had to dismantle a lot of beliefs and my enlightenment, which we know the tower is about, the tower is about enlightenment and inspiration from a divine source. But my enlightenment often has come in really gnarly ways, very tower-like ways through illness, near-death experiences, um, pain, abuse, betrayal, and so on and so forth. Again, don't want to, this isn't a therapy session for me, Um, but just, you know, they've seldom come through beautiful supportive experiences. They have seldomly, Um, you know, and sometimes people call like these sorts of interventions, these larger than life interventions, accidents, huge betrayals and so on and so forth, like the hand of God. That is what they talk about when they're talking about this archetype. The um, hand of God is coming in, whether through lightning or a flood or just something not great happening, you know? Um, So we can see how the tower speaks to the chariot's shadow side. One of the chariot shadows is rigidity and staying on one track, being closed off and overconfidence and over control. Anyone, anyone overly controlling? That's chariot and shadow. Hi, hello, it's me. And if the tower will do one thing, my loves, it is humble you. The tower will bring you to your knees and teach you about surrender. That saying, let go or be dragged, that applies directly to the tower. Maybe someone was looking at a tower card when they made it up. And of course, there's other cards in there that make sense with that. But 
for the tower man, let go or be dragged big time. The tower also provides the catalyst for the chariot. And this is like catalyst for the chariot to grow and shed and keep going. And this is how teacher cards can often be puzzle pieces or a real interdependent piece or relationship of their student card. And once again, because the teacher is also the student, the chariot helps the tower move on after the collapse, heal by moving and getting into movement and combining different things and having boundaries and shedding and moving on quite literally because that is what the chariot is about. You know, after the tower falls, after the wind has been knocked out of us, we don't just stay there. We figure out how to rebuild. We see what shadows or mistakes or ignorance can guide us. We listen to our intuition. Both chariot and tower are very intuitive cards. I had a teacher once call the tower card, the healing card and the healer's card. Yeah. So you can kind of see how they relate. Um, When we listen to our intuition, when we figure out a plan, we can start again. And that's really chariot. So hopefully this makes sense. You can see how they collaborate, how they can help one another like pieces in a larger puzzle. Yeah, cool. So maybe you want to do some of your own exploration around this. You can figure out what your soul card is, write down all the ways you see this archetype coming in strong for you. The shadows, the wonderful strengths of the card. Uh, You can do the uncanny similarities like I shared, like any astro similarities or your vocation or interests. You can think about what this archetype of your soul, your soul card is great at, where it naturally shines. You know, you can think about what this archetype is learning by the card that comes after it. Then you can find out what the teacher card of the archetype is and see if there's more information for you. You can also hang out with the minor arcana cards that correlate to your soul card. Mary K. Greer also has this fantastic idea that for each year, we're in a different constellation. And this dovetails with our card of the year, which is the idea that every year, you have a different archetype, which is based off your life path card and adding that to the year. There's another calculation folks use that I'll put in the blog post. I don't use it. Um, I never have, but it's just an alternative way. Um, But so for example, as I've said, I'm a life path seven. We are in a five year. Seven plus five is 12. One plus two adds up to three, which is the empress with a hanged one as the teacher. So that's my year. I'm in an empress year. The hanged one is my teacher, which I'm going to be honest with y'all. I haven't paid too much attention to because this year has been a little bit much, if you know what I mean. But now that I'm thinking of it, 
this totally tracks. And now I'm like excited to explore these archetypes and see how I can learn from them and grow and embody them. And again, like, because sometimes tarot is literal AF, I'm in an empress year. I'm exploring the body and money. Hi, Venus. Hello. I'm really leaning into also the I don't know. I'm reading more poetry. I'm trying to write more poetry. Not very good at it, though. Shout out to poets. But that's very hanged one. I've got a ton of Neptune transits going on in my life right now. Again, that's very hanged one. And I'm practicing my natural lunar rhythms and cycles as never before. I'm really allowing and receiving. I'm not pushing. And that is so Empress. That's very Empress of me, if I do say so myself. Thank you very much, Empress. Don't mind if I do receive. Don't mind if I do. So yes, humans are pattern-seeking and our cards of the year and these tarot constellations can really help us locate some of the larger patterns of growth in our lives. And of course, we know that when we tune in to certain tarot archetypes consciously and we embody them, we learn the tarot cards so well. This is what tarot is about. Tarot is about living out these cycles and these archetypes and experiencing them and healing through them and learning through them, you know, and exploring and experimenting through them. There are also many other books on tarot cycles and numerology, um, many, many. So, you know, do some research, check out other authors, check out other systems for you to explore because I think they're all really fascinating. Another way tarot constellations are helpful, especially for those of us who are learning tarot and want to get really intimate with the archetypes, is they allow us to think bigger picture. So we'll take a little short deep dive into the constellation of the Hierophant. So we've got the Hierophant, the fives. What do they have in common besides five? Well, we'll start with five. Five is the number of humanity. We've got five fingers. The minor fives are incredibly human. What is more human than human fallibility? Humans effing up, human conflict, human messes, human grief, human scarcity. What's more human than that? Five is also the number of structures. We see that in a few of the Pamela Coleman Smith cards. That's what I use as my teaching deck. We see structures. We see the church in the five of pentacles. We see the messy looking pentacle thing that's like sort of being erected, but not situation in the five of wands. We see the relational slash mental structures that are not working in the swords. And we see like the structure of emotions being overwhelmed in the five of cups. There is an unraveling of a structure that has to take place in the minor fives, a rearranging. And the Hierophant, like I said, one of the things the Hierophant is about is systems and structures, about working within or outside of a specific structure or systems. 
With the number five, we can think of a roof on a house, right? Like the house has four walls. The roof is this fifth element, which brings me to magic and the Hierophant. We know that in many magical traditions, the four elements and spirit are closely honored and collaborated with. And the Hierophant is a literal keeper of magical traditions. Again, the word Hierophant means to show what is sacred, to present the mysteries. And again, if you want more Hierophant and you're just tuning in and this is like the first time you're listening to this podcast, I have two episodes on this card. You can go back and listen to them. So going back to the fives, when humans are at their lowest, when they are facing great challenge, when they are dealing with scarcity and pain and heartbreak, what do they need to see beyond the surface? The fives are definitely about ripping off that band-aid of a surface conflict and addressing the deeper wounds of scarcity underneath it. We also need spirituality. We need guides. Maybe we need another way of doing things. And that's what the Hierophant can offer the fives. I often think about maybe the fives are being seen through the eyes of the Hierophant, someone who knows all about the secrets and mysteries of life. And extending that to think about when we are in a five moment, what do we need? We often need the things that we know work, the spiritual things, the wisdom teachings, our magical practice. And yet those can often be the first thing to go when we feel overwhelmed or terrible or are in deep grief or processing trauma. So we can see that connection, the Hierophant aspects of the Hierophant archetype can help the fives in their dark night of the soul. But what about temperance? Well, temperance is alchemy. It's taking that broken heart and making art. It's using that pain as fuel for transformation. Angelus Arian says that this constellation is about wisdom and temperance offers up that integration. She says, art is the union of opposites, paradox and clarity, out of which a greater whole is creative. And that, of course, makes me think of musicians who pour their heart out and connect. I've been listening a lot to Lil Nas X, and it's clear he's doing some major healing for himself and the collective with his music. How Hierophant is his video for Call Me By Your Name, where he goes to, he falls from heaven and goes to hell and has sex with and then kills the devil. Like how Hierophant gear is that, right? He's, I think, like one of the most important pop stars out there right now. Or like think about when you read a book, when someone shares and contextualizes their pain. I'm thinking of these two great books I read this year that come to mind. And one is Detransition Baby by Tori Peters. And the other is How We Fight for Our Lives by Saeed Jones. 
And this is like this gorgeous integration of wisdom through art, wisdom through art making, wisdom through art consuming. Like we can clearly see from artist grief, you know, like the five of cups moves through temperance, makes art. This leads to wisdom, hierophant. We have this transmission, this transmission of wisdom. So this is why going deeper on tarot theory, this is like 200 level, probably tarot theory, going deeper on the relationships between the cards as a system. It was designed as a system. You know, however you want to is really part and parcel to developing intimacy with tarot with life, (laughs) with simply deepening your own personal practice. Because when we zoom out, when we see the cards from a wider angle and how they collaborate and speak with one another, it can open up our relationship of life, of the bigger picture, of how different energies and aspects are informing one another. So I hope this was helpful. I hope you got inspired about the tarot. I hope maybe you want to go deeper. Again, if you want the in-depth workshop around this, sign up for the September class. I'll talk quite a bit more about the individual cards in this. Um, I'm also going to go into depth on some other ways I personally interpret teacher cards based on my own personal studies and praxis. Uh, Insights you're not going to hear anywhere else uh, because... I made them up and they're super helpful. So I'm excited. I love it when we gather live. We might even have time to like read for each other. I know there'll be time for discussion. It's going to be really fun. I'm sure there'll be some other tarot enthusiasts there um, that you can learn from and grow from as well. So you can sign up in the show notes. You know where. And that's all for now, my loves. Have a lovely week. Until soon. Moonbeaming is brought to you by The Moon Studio. It is created and hosted by me, Sarah Faith Godestiner. It is edited by the incredible Caitlin George Parker. Additional support is by Stella Hartman. Music is by Will Owen and myself. If you like this podcast, you can support us by going to Patreon backslash The Moon Studio and becoming a patron. You can give this podcast five stars wherever you listen and also subscribe. We'd love it if you could let one or two or three or four or more friends know about us and we accept all good vibes. Thanks so much for supporting us. Witches in the ocean's waves, singing with the sun. Witches heal through pleasure, witches love to have fun.